0: Thriving, Not Surviving, with your host, Gina Gardner. To lead others, you first need to be the best version of yourself and lead from a place of wholeness. Motivation, empowerment, leadership, personal and spiritual development are just a few of the topics you will hear on Thriving, Not Surviving. So sit back and enjoy the show with your host, Gina Gardner.
1: Hi there, it's Gina Gardner, and I'm really thrilled to be with my guest today, Angela T. Moore. Now, we met when I was a guest on her show. And I was so impressed and felt that she had so much to offer that I invited her to be a guest on mine. I'm going to read her bio because I don't want to miss anything out. Angela T. Moore is a business owner, integrated health expert, keynote speaker, radio show host, and advocate for personal responsibility, inspiring others to be the change they want in their lives, homes, workplaces, and communities, whilst equipping them with the tools to do so. For over two decades, Angela Moore has assisted clients in the attainment of their fitness and life goals and motivated countless others to live more powerful and healthier lives. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So pleased to have you here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Now, the people who are listening or watching this have no idea who you are. So tell us a bit about you and your, your journey of how you came to be here
2: okay well i often and openly share my story uh and my story is one of triumph one of trauma and really it's the journey of trauma through trauma um, and through triumph that has led me to what i do in my business uh, what i try to do in my radio show what i do when i speak to different audiences And that truly is that regardless of any situation or circumstance that you have encountered in your life, you have the power within you to overcome any obstacle and to really become the best and greatest person that you can become as long as you're willing to do the work. (laughs) Very true.
1: Yeah. So you've set up in business and your work is all about people being the best they can be. Now in Talk us through how that works, because I know that you—you you know your string of accolades and, and qualifications is huge. So who's your
2: ideal client to start with? My ideal client truly is anyone that wants to become their best and greatest self and is willing to do the work to get there. Okay. And, yes.
1: and how do you help them to be the best they can be? What are the things that you, you look at and, and help them
2: develop? Well, one of the things that I've developed, and really this has been pretty much in the past of uh, probably three years of my business, one of the things that I recognized as a trainer is when I was training clients, clients weren't really thanking me for the personal training services that I was providing. They were thanking me for the for the mental support that I provided, and also as a licensed therapist, you know, I recognized that there were a lot of mental mental obstacles that would come up. Um, challenges that we all encounter throughout life, loss of loved ones, uh, loss of opportunities. uh, And, and, you know, and quite honestly, even the loss of hope, uh, you know, um, having a goal that you set and not seeing that, that goal um, fulfilled and, and being able to, you know, to deal with that and get back up and, 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 and go again. And what I noticed when I was working with clients is that I was part of that process because the one thing that's really interesting about personal training, especially to the scale that I do it, I'm meeting with clients two, three, sometimes five days a week but minimally mm-hmm. an hour. So I spend a lot of time with these individuals. And during that process, one of the things that I discovered was that as I was training these clients, and they're sharing their hopes and their dreams, their aspirations, and also sharing their struggles that they're dealing with, that um, I would say that consistently across the board, everyone wants to be their best, but they don't necessarily know how to be the best. They may have been equipped with the tools, um, you know, because of maybe difficult relationships with their parents. Um, they may have still been, may actually still be dealing with a lot of challenges because of past experiences. But one thing I recognize is that as I develop their strength in the gym and through conversations and, and, and through, uh, like I would say, I don't want it's not a word, but kind of like as I'm pouring into someone, I would call it an in-pouring when I'm pouring into someone. And supporting them, and 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 uh, I would say, in a um, almost in a life changing way, because as like I said, one thing with training, I am with this person for an hour, minimally an hour, multiple times a week. They're getting my undivided attention, and you have to think, how often do we get undivided attention from someone for an hour? Yes, Thank you. and so. That So
1: few people give themselves any time at all, let alone invest in having someone support them. And that seems to be one of the huge benefits of having a personal trainer or a coach of, of whatever sort is that that's time dedicated to you and that you can work on yourself, let go of past hurts and problems, but invest in yourself. And I think you know investing in yourself is the very best investment that you could ever make.
2: Mm-hmm. And that is essentially what happens. It's because they are investing in themselves. Yeah. Yes. And then over time, I am actually, indirectly, at sometimes indirectly, providing you with the tools to become your best and greatest, and even strongest self.
1: Yeah. So you say you work several times a week with somebody.
2: Uh, typically, how long a period would you work with people? What's amazing, Gina, is some of my clients have been with me for like 11 years. Good gracious, yes. Yes. That is a commitment from both sides, isn't it? It is, very much so, very much so. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, but if people wanted to see results
1: and see those results in a a, a fairly timely fashion, what Mm -hmm. would you think would be a reasonable time for them to commit in order to see great results?
2: I always strongly recommend a minimum of 12 weeks. Yep. Um, I do have those individuals that come in and they may only train for four weeks. Uh, and and those are typically clients who are just kind of looking for a, a head start and then they want to continue training on their own. But I will say predominantly probably 95% of my clientele, they're looking for uh, a true life change. And then what they have discovered is that by scheduling in that time for themselves scheduling that workout and making that commitment to themselves that it helps everything else it helps them in all other aspects of their life
1: now you don't just do personal training in the sense of taking people off to the gym and or wherever and doing physical activity and working on their mental activity i believe that a big part
2: of what you do is around nutrition Mm -hmm. yes and actually, what I do is I integrate a health assessment, and I'll explain that. So during that integrated health assessment, I actually assess the client on their mental, nutritional, and physical health. When I first started training clients, I used to only focus on the the physical aspect and some nutrition. You know, the understanding that they may have maybe a a, a dietitian that they are meeting with. But what I discovered over time is that people weren't really looking for a diet plan that they would follow, and and they wanted to know like how do I eat just healthy overall? Yeah, yeah. And then the mental component uh, come came in as I could said as I recognized that sometimes there were those situations or circumstances that were so overwhelming that had I not been in you know been that significant part of their life, the workout would have been set aside. Yes. Yes. And so instead of eliminating the workout, now we're using it as a tool to help you deal through that and deal with that very negative situation that you're currently experiencing. So in your experience, you know, is there a, a, a
1: common pathway that people go through in terms of I want, I want to succeed and I'm prepared to invest my time and my resources in working with, with yourself – do you see a common pattern in terms of of how people improve is it as you know is there a, a trajectory that is straightforward or do you find that there are particular um ways that
2: that people operate when they're making these changes you know it varies with each person you yeah know, quite honestly it really does and i can't say that uh you know that there's a certain pattern because, you know, I have such a range of clientele. I have those that are retired individuals that have a lot of time yeah. to, you know, to their training and I have others that are trying to squeeze it in, you know, into their very busy uh, work schedule. Uh, what I will say is that um, what I have found is that generally though, the process, once the process starts, it's really, really important to continue that process and to keep people consistent and accountable. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah. and the accountability, I think that's really interesting one, isn't it? You know, if you look mm-hmm. at the, the pattern of how many people, for example, join a gym on January the 1st, buy all the gear, go into the gym, get shown all of the equipment, go at it like a bullet at a gate, can't move then for three weeks, and they never go back to the gym. Right. So. You know, having somebody like yourself who will actually formulate a plan that is very specifically for that person, Mm -hmm. work with them and then hold them accountable seems to me a really positive way um, of moving forward because you're not on your own, are you?
2: No, no. And what it creates is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and also a healthier mindset. And that's the thing I would say, you know, and I I, I guess I do have a kind of a better answer to your question. What I'm establishing is a healthier mindset. Yeah. Because quite honestly, you're not going to get healthy just by starting in January and working out like a crazy person for three weeks and then getting so sore or working out for a couple of days and getting so sore that you can't move for three weeks and then (laughs) completely quitting. Um, Truly, it's understanding that you... From the day that you start you're taking steps to become your best and greatest self and that you're going to consistently eat well over a healthy diet you're going to consistently exercise on you know you're going to exercise on a consistent basis and then you're going to also be mindful of your mental health as well and and something i didn't add um, one of the most effective ways to do that is by establishing first like a baseline, like where are you mentally right now? How are you dealing with stress? How are you dealing with current situations and circumstances? How have you dealt with past experiences? And how much anxiety um, do you have for your future? So can you do that through a series of questions? Or is there, you know, for people who
1: are listening, is there a way that you could give them some indication of how they could assess themselves and recognise whether they need to actually, I mean, everybody could be their, uh, their better self, couldn't they? And mm-hmm. I think anybody could um, benefit from working with someone like yourself. But at the same time, there are many people who think, oh, I'll do it later. It'll be OK. What would you say to them are the signs that they should be very mindful of um, and really ought to be taking action?
2: Well, one of the things that I do, and this is actually, I I do actually have them complete a very detailed questionnaire, and I ask a series of questions in those three components. So I ask nutrition questions, I ask mental health questions, and I ask physical health questions. But those questions are, just to give you an example, maybe like, what is your current relationship with food? Right. Um, You know, and and also like, what type eater are you? Are you a binge eater? Do you go many hours between meals? Do you do you tend to overeat? Do you tend to undereat? And when you, ask, when you ask those questions and as people ultimately answer those questions, they start to learn a lot about themselves. Um, mental health, I'll give you an example. Some of the questions may be, how do you uh, typically you know, deal with situations? Do you have very high highs or very low lows? Or are you able to maintain a consistent mental state? And then physical, physical health-wise, my questions may be, how consistent are you with your physical activity? Do you perform cardiovascular exercise numerous days a week? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Are you physically active throughout the day? Do you spend extended periods of time sitting? And so when clients answer those questions, pretty much by the time they get to the, to the end of the questionnaire, they're like, oh, my goodness, I really need your help more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so. Again, thinking about the number of
1: people who are listening to this who uh, are, you know, could be anywhere in the world, um, what for you, what are the benefits of having this holistic um, approach to health in terms of physical, mental um,
2: health? Why is it so important? Well, because everything, each component has an impact on the other. And all of them have determined on how healthy you are. So, for instance, if you're not physically active, uh, then you increase your risk of chronic diseases. You also will increase the likelihood that you will feel stressed, that you will deal with depression, and and that you will be in uh, unfortunately a healthy uh, unhealthy uh, mental state. And I'll just uh, give you an example. For instance, if you're going to, throughout the day and you're consuming comfort foods, or so foods that are going to produce, um, that are going to increase your neurotransmitters, your endorphins, and your dopamine, and um, as well as your, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm uh, your, um, oh my goodness, your dopamine, your. Uh, Well, so you've got um, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin. Yes, serotonin. I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. okay. So when when you eat comfort food, it actually increases those hormones, which are your feel-good hormones. The thing is, though, but when you eat uh, comfort foods, which are those typically those processed foods, those foods that are high in sugar and fat and things like that, it also, what will happen is you eat those foods, you'll feel good initially, but yes. then those yeah. those those neurotransmitters are going to decrease, and then your cortisol, your stress hormone, is going to increase, and so and that's going to contribute to a very unhealthy feeling, an unhealthy um, mental state, and a feeling of 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 of, of not um, being in a not no not well being. So, so you get a high initially, but then there's a drop off, and you start to feel rubbish.
1: So presumably, then you want to comfort eat again, so you get another high and another another
2: drop. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then also, too, we know that, you know, when you exercise, it's going to, of course, it's going to, um, again, it's going to um, produce those endorphins and those and also dopamine. It's going to make you feel good. And uh, and so if you're not doing those things and, and life in general is going to produce stress. I mean, just driving to work is a stressful time. Right now, we're dealing with a very chaotic time, you know, dealing with COVID-19. Um, And so the stress of that. So imagine if we know that physical activity and eating well makes you feel good. Okay. And let's Mm -hmm. say you're not doing those things and life is still happening. You're still dealing with the stress uh, and you're dealing with a lot of stress, especially in a time like this, but you're not counterbalancing that very negative stress with anything positive. Yep, It's Mm -hmm. not going to work. You're not going to be healthy. So to me, it's essential. There is no health if you're not healthy, nutritionally, mentally, and physically. I would agree with you. The one I would
1: add, and certainly the the dimension I think that I've developed um, over the years is that there's also a spiritual dimension in that if you're living your purpose, if you're living in line with your values, then your mental health is going to be better. And I think that's one of the things that many people perhaps don't think about, Um, that they're doing a a job that they hate uh, because it brings in the money and they can buy the material things, but it's not
2: satisfying that inner soul that wants to do something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm so glad you said that because one of the things that I have often emphasized to people, because it's nice if you can go and do that job or or find that, um, you know, and, and live within your passion and work within your passion. Well, let's just say that because of situations and circumstances, you find yourself um, at a job that you, that, that you don't want, um, that you don't like. Uh, you can still find purpose within that. Absolutely. I, I yeah. would agree with you 100%. And also there's an opportunity
1: outside your work to exactly. do things that, that fill you up. I would say to anybody, you know, live your life with passion. And if you're doing it what you consider a dead-end job, then do it in the very best way you can. Because ultimately, it will make a difference to how you feel. Mm-hmm, definitely. So definitely.
2: what do you think your biggest life lesson has been? Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you asked me that. Uh, I, years ago, um, I... Had one or what you say a life a life changing situation an aha moment whatever you want to call it a life lesson. I love to hear that spiritual teacher. Her name is Joyce Myers, and oh, Joyce Meyer actually everybody always calls her Joyce Myers, but it's actually Joyce Meyer. <laughs> so let me correct that. And um, it was at a time in my life, as I started earlier in the segment, I have experienced a lot of trauma, and. At the time, at that particular time in my life, I was living as a victim, you know, I was, um, I was not living my best life. I was letting life happen to me as opposed to making life happen.
1: Yeah.
2: And, um, and I, I was making excuses for my behavior and I was not behaving, um, truly I was not behaving the best that I could. And, you know, there was a time when I could make excuses for that yeah. but, you know, because I was young and I really couldn't control my situation. But then as I got older and I, um, and I could create, I, I had, I recognized that I had the power to kind of create the life that I wanted. I had to take responsibility for that. And one of the things that Joyce Meyer said was you may have a reason for act in a certain way, behave in a certain way, but it doesn't give you a right. And that was truly life changing for me because it took away, it took away the excuses, you know, and I realized that I was totally responsible for my behavior. I was totally responsible for my actions. And if I was going to create the life that I wanted to, to live, I was going to have to um, assume responsibility for that. And from that day forward, that's what I started to do.
1: I think that's an amazing life lesson. It's certainly one that that is very much part of my work with people too. That, you know, we're the common denominator, aren't we? We take ourselves into our lives every moment of every day. And if we hand the responsibility over to other people, to um, govern whether we're happy or sad or frustrated or angry, then we have to put up with what they give us. Whereas if we take radical responsibility for our own um, lives, the quality of our thinking in our lives, then we get to choose. And even when you know, life is, is difficult it, you, and you can't choose the situation, you can certainly choose the way in which you react to it. Most definitely. Yes. and I know from from our, our talking to you um, over the times we've had conversations that you've had more than than most in terms of trauma, but you've changed that and you've made uh, you've recognised the strength that you have, and you're now mm-hmm. using that to help other people. And yes. I too am doing the same. And I, for me, that's such a powerful model that you no. know the, the challenge doesn't define us, does
2: it? No, no, it it's doesn't define do you. Your do you. No. It's what you do with it, most definitely. Yeah. So, how can our listeners um, and our viewers
1: get hold of you?
2: Yes, they can contact me through my website at angela t dot com, and that's a n g e l a t m o o r e dot com. And they can also visit my uh, business website, which is TheBodyPrinciple.com. dot com, and that's t h e. B d y p i n c i p e dot com and we'll
1: make sure that that's in the show notes thank you very much and I believe that you are um, that you're happy to make an offer to our listeners and our viewers
2: Yes yes and that would be an a complete comprehensive integrated health assessment. So I would love to help you establish where you are mentally, nutritionally, and physically so that you could become your best and greatest self. Brilliant. And how do they access that through your website? Yes, they would contact me and then I would actually uh, arrange a time to send them the paperwork and then we would do a follow-up so that I can be able to talk with them um, personally one-on-one. That's absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It was been a, it's been an honor. Thank you Thank very you. much for the opportunity. Thank you. Don't go away, folks, because we'll be back after the break for a
1: genuine chat. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks a lot.
0: If you're a businesswoman who is overwhelmed or suffering from imposter syndrome, who is tired of having one disastrous relationship after another, or who finds it hard just to say no, well, it's time to take care of you. You get the best out of life by contacting Gina Gardner, relationship coach and best-selling author and motivational speaker. Just visit genuinely-u.com or you can email Gina directly at Gina at genuinely-u.com Take action now. Start to thrive rather than simply survive. Imagine being a highly successful, enlightened leader who is in complete alignment with your best self, who makes a positive difference on a daily basis. Let me introduce Gina Gardner, an expert in developing transformational leadership with over 30 years of experience. Gina has developed a unique and unrivaled approach to help you step into your genuine power to become an enlightened leader. And when you do, amazing things happen. Go to enlightenedleadership.co or email Gina at Gina at genuinely-u.com
1: And welcome back. It's Gina Gardner here. And if you're a regular listener to uh, Thriving, Not Surviving, you'll know that the second part of the program is myself and Rachel Davidson, both number one international best-selling authors. Rachel is a spiritual novelist. And my books are all about helping yourself. We're going to talk about um, moving into a higher vibration. There's a lot of talk, isn't there, about new era and the new norm and how we as people um, make the best of that and I want us to explore today for me the whole business of the evolution of being our best selves. It's my belief that as we go through life it's a learning opportunity, it's an opportunity to see each challenge, each Um, each life stage is an opportunity to learn and to grow and not just to learn intellectually, but to learn spiritually and to understand that in order to be our best selves, it's about learning to rise above fear and above the negative emotions, but at the same time acknowledge those, not bury them. But in doing so, learn to recognize that this is a journey. And we have the opportunity to continue to learn, to continue to grow and to expand our horizons. We have limitless possibilities within us. But just like an acorn, it stays within its hard little shell unless it's planted and it gets the opportunity to have water and to be, to be looked after. So higher vibrations... For some people, they're pink and fluffy, and for other people, it's very much what they believe and how they operate within life. What's your view, Rachel? Um,
3: well, I think um, if, you, if you talk about it from an energetic body point of view, then your higher vibrations are about the um, connection to spirit. And um, that would involve your um you're working on yourself to open up all of the chakras and obviously the the colors as you head upwards do change um so so you've got red and orange at the base and you have the um the indigos um at at the top i can't remember what the color is for star chakra i think it's either violet or indigo I always get the two mixed up um and as an ex-interior designer that's shocking obviously (laughs) but um I think you know higher vibrations is this aspiration to always move upwards and to um, to always um, act with um, a sense of of love um, and an intention for love. But but and this is what I've been exploring in the third book. Actually, is a lot of people assume that when you talk about love, you're talking about um, stardust and sprinkles and and you know it's fluffy, fluffy and nice and um i'm i 'm not sure i'm interested to explore in my life um, the, the um, all aspects of love and how it manifests and how actually love can often come in what might initially feel like quite a threatening um, i was going to say almost oppressive but only to invoke that sense of awe and certainly if you if you read some religious scripts when When characters are presented with God or or, or whatever the uh, higher being is, archangels, so on and so forth, um, they're not they're not nice, easy creatures. They come with a a sense of threat about them, and that's really interesting to me because when you reach your higher uh, self, sometimes that can involve actually not just picking up a feather, but picking up a sword. So. I think the key difference is, you know, um, A, (laughs) the detail that's around you, um, and and B, the intention that's within your heart. Um, I wrote a a blog about it uh, the other day where I used the line, you know, to to be disagreeable can often be the kindest thing you can do for yourself. Um, And, and of course, the the word disagreeable needs explaining in the sense that sometimes the best thing to do to raise to your higher vibrations is to come across as disagreeable to others to say no or to say yes to something else. Yeah. It, it, it is, can only be defined by yourself and the path I think to my higher self is, am I doing this out of envy or spite or anger just, just because of a reaction or, or am I doing it because of a, of a, deep conviction that um that this thing will be a change for the better. So I think when we talk about higher vibrations reaching of with of high self, I think it's um as always, it's never simple. <laughs> it's always <Yeah>.
1: complex. <laughs> That's my view. It's interesting, isn't it? And there's a lot to unpick. Love. Let's skip get- um let's get a uh, a real sense of love well my sense of love mm. there's nothing pink and fluffy about loving somebody unconditionally whether that's yourself and that has to be the starting point for me when you love unconditionally it's about wanting the best from that person and the best for that person so in if you put it into the context of a parent you know being loving doesn't mean that you give in to your children all the time. being loving is sometimes that you have to say, "I believe that this isn't right for you, so no, you can't do it," or "I don't believe that's your best, and I expect more from you mm. unconditional love for me, whether it's for a parent or it's it's as a as a teacher, and as you know that's my background, it is about holding the line if you like and saying I want the best from you and for you and I'm not prepared to accept anything less Mm. and I think there are times when love can feel contentious because I can you think how many parents who hear the words from their children but everybody else can Mm. you know why won't you let me you're being mean but actually as a loving parent you're saying Other parents may not, but actually I'm doing this because I love you and because I want the best for you.
0: Mm. But I
1: think I'd like to put it in the context of not other people um, demonstrating or uh, experiencing love, but actually the love that we have for ourselves
3: Mm.
1: and how we utilize that in that journey Mm. we call life. Mm. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to hand the responsibility of being loved and being loving to other people, when in reality, it's my view, that the biggest part of our journey is about learning to love and appreciate who we are, to step into our genuine power. And people who've heard this before, now I talk a lot about stepping into our genuine power, which is recognizing that we do have flaws and there's always areas for development and improvement, Mm-hmm. but that we're not broken to start mm-hmm. with, that ultimately we are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, how often do I work with clients who, who are really critical of themselves because they're not perfect at something mm-hmm. and recognizing that perfection is something to strive for. And it's very much in the eye of the beholder, but, rarely if ever do people start um, an act- and it's usually to do with an activity rather than how they're being but rarely do we start an activity as an expert you know we have to develop that skill yeah. and i think that's also true of developing that relationship with ourselves which is based on loving who we are yeah there's a good I analogy,
3: isn't there, of, um, of a dog begging for some chocolate, which, of course, is highly poisonous. Yes. And, um, and the owner saying, no, I know you want this chocolate, but no, you're not going to get it. Yes. And, and it's, a, it's a metaphor for sort of, you know, we all think that what we want is what we want, and when we get it, we'll be happy. But we don't understand the bigger concepts, the the bigger mysteries. And no. that's one of the frustrations of this human experience is, you, you never really know what is, why things are happening. And, and this is where this, you know, topics of faith and, um, and trust come in as well. But, but it is true that often we are the dog looking up and saying, I really want that chocolate. And the other yeah. is saying, That's, you know, no, that, that, that will kill you. What, I'm not going to give you that. This is me being loving. I'm not going to give you that. Um, and it's very, very difficult to be the dog yes you don't understand the concept
1: of chocolate killing you <laughs> but it's also that issue of you know hindsight's the only wonderful exact science isn't it when yeah. often when you look back to a situation and and you know people who know my story will know that i've had some incredibly challenging times learnt to walk twice as an adult
2: uh-huh. and
1: yet if i look back at that what i remember is not the day by day struggle and pain and there was a lot of that. But what I, I look back and I recognize is that there were huge gifts. Yeah. And I think the perspective of time gives us greater understanding and also gives us the opportunity to recognize that actually, whilst it was a very difficult time, there are huge growths and gifts that come from those difficult times. Yeah. I'm reminded of Art Geyser and I studied energetic NLP with Art Geyser and it's very well worth looking at. If you you go onto his website, Um, he always talked about his, his belief of the day because his view was that as he evolved and as he grew and um, learnt more that that thought, that, um, that belief about the world and about where, things were and how things were operating was constantly shifting as more information and more um, enlightenment came along. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really healthy way to be. I think people who believe this is it, this is the way, this is the thing Mm -hmm. are in danger of missing the point. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's one of the big dangers of people who have fundamental Views about almost anything is that there's no room for maneuver. I'm right and that makes everybody else wrong and that keeps you stuck in that lower vibration. Whereas when you are open and curious Mm. about what's going on um, and recognize that things are shifting and moving and evolving Mm. all the time, that you can start to grow
3: yeah and I think that's the point actually because it's all very well sort of saying oh you know aim for your higher vibrations and then in the moment you're thinking what (laughs) 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 how do I how do I and you sort of force things like I will be positive about this and um, "I, I will think this about this person I will I will and your emotions are saying no you won't no you won't this is the truth of it this is the truth of it but I think that the key to finding your higher vibrations is to get quiet and to listen to yourself and again this is not this is easily said, but this is not easily done
1: um, because we're in yeah, a all... very very noisy world don 't yeah, we?
3: and we are all trained um in this modern western world to to just keep moving, keep moving, and we 're all told that momentum, no matter what is what is where it 's at, and sometimes that 's true, and sometimes it 's not um, I always think that if if I have a serious problem of sort of understanding where my higher path, so to speak, um, resides, then then curiosity and wonder is um, are the two best questions to sort of ask ask myself. Where where you know where is my curiosity lying at the moment? What am I interested in knowing? And just wandering down and meandering sometimes on the face of it useless path but again as you say you look back in hindsight and you see what, what learning you got from it even if you went down the cul-de-sac and re- reverse back up it and, and also that that question of i wonder without any um any weight and attachment of an outcome or an action point or a plan or you know this that, and the other um i can remember when i was in my early 20s um listening to some um man in the office who who was generally thought of was a bit of a joke in the office for lots of reasons, but, but he was, you know, slightly sort of on the, oh, here he goes again. And he was talking about his five-year plan and, and describing how he'd micromanaged his life for the next five years. I can remember feeling utter horror at the idea of having to do that back in my 20s. Um, and there have been times when I have felt pressured to, to be more of that kind of person and I just, I'm not sure that it works for some things, but but to have it as an absolute, I've made my five-year plan, I'm going to do it. I think, I i, I just, I mean, maybe he was a higher being and he absolutely could read the future accurately and knew exactly his path, but I doubt it. <laughs> I sincerely doubt it. And I think the wonder and the curiosity is what leads you to um, your your truth, your where you're meant to be. And if you are trying to squeeze too much of of, uh, the juice out of that, then you will end up in places where it's sort of okay, but it's probably not really where you're meant to be. It's it's the universe saying, I really didn't want to give you that chocolate,
1: but you insisted. I think there's a number of things I'd like to sort of uh, 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 bring up in in response to that. The first is that I think the curiosity and the awe and wonder are very much how we are as very young children yeah there is no judgment there is just that amazing um you look at a very small child when it picks up a leaf or it sees a snail or um it there is that sense of wow isn't that amazing mm. and I think we lose sight of that in the busyness mm. and sometimes i mean for me nature and my garden um, just even just looking at the clouds if I take the time to be in the moment I can recapture that awe and wonder of isn't it amazing you see a beautiful tree or you see um, just something of natural beauty mm. that for me that's a very quick way into that curiosity and that awe and wonder of a small child yeah the other thing I would say is I was listening um this week to. some some of the uh, Abraham and Esther Hicks stuff, Mm -hmm. which talks about in order for us to to manifest in the future, it's dependent upon our thinking and our energetic placement, if you like, and that's my words, not theirs, of the now. Mm -hmm. And if we're always focusing on what we haven't got and Mm -hmm. what's not working, that that continues because the energy behind that, that focus on on the the, the things we don't want, and many people do that sig- at a significant proportion of, of their thinking day.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and this is about having the the courage to step outside that sense of lack and to really focus on um, being in that energetic place where. Um, you have the emotional attachment, the emotional um, outcome of being in that better place, being in that, that place forward place. Yeah. Um, and that can be really difficult, particularly if you're worried about money or about your job. And I know this has been a really challenging year for, for very many people, and saying, you know, be in the vibration of, you know, abundance and where you want to be when you're worried about whether you're going to be able to pay your rent or your mortgage and have enough food on the table. Mm -hmm. It's a big ask, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is where, um, why the religions um, structured and spirituality uh, at large will talk about how important faith is. Yeah. Um, It is a leap into, you know, and uh, a trust in, 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 mechanisms and and um ideologies that will provide
1: yes, yes it is. <clears throat> so for me i think that you know having an understanding that you know we we as human beings have choices on a moment by moment basis yeah and those choices can be that we will focus on lack that we will focus on the things um in life that we don't like or we can focus on being grateful. Because for most of us, certainly if people are watching this, the likelihood is that they live in an abundant life in comparison to many people on this earth. Uh, the very nature of the fact that they are have access to electricity and to the internet means that they are part of the favored. Um, group of humanity that have it, those things available to them but it's easy to say it's all right for you what about the other person in that moment that person may be feeling worried frightened fed up depressed and so I think for me that, that learning to be in the higher vibration is to acknowledge that you are in that negative place and to accept that that's where you are in this moment but to recognize it's your choice whether you stay there.
3: Hmm.
1: And that in recognizing that you have that choice and switching from I I am in a place of lack, I'm in a place of negativity, in that recognition that you have the choice, you automatically start to raise your vibrations. Now, if you choose to stay stuck, then of course that momentary uh, opportunity to raise your vibrations gets lost doesn't it yeah but in that choice that I'm going to choose to look um, to um, to see myself as someone who this is transitory and I'm going to move from this to a better uh, situation to a better emotion in that transition, there's already a gear shift. It's almost as if you're, you know, the, the car is idling and you've got the handbrake on. Mm. In that shift, what you're doing is you're removing the handbrake. Now you don't go anywhere unless you start to put your foot on the gas yeah. uh, and start to accelerate out of that place. But what it does do in that moment of choice is it gives the opportunity for the for you to you carry on with the, the metaphor. For the engine to pull away, if you give some energy, some fuel, some gas, to moving into that higher vibration of a place of recognising that we are lucky, that we have um, opportunities, that we can choose to stay stuck or to move into a better frame of mind, into a better situation. Yeah. And the interesting thing is it's in that moment where I think the momentum is helpful. Yeah. Because once you've you've actually put your foot on the gas, it's a question of where are you going to choose to go? Are you going to choose to look backwards and worry about what went on in the past? Mm -hmm. Are you going to choose to be anxious about the future? Are you going to choose to enjoy that moment and make the most of that moment and then the next and then the next and then the next. Now, these words sound really easy, don't they? Uh, But when you're in the middle of the mire, it's quite difficult to even find the handbrake, let alone uh, recognize that you have a choice. But then that's the purpose of conversations like this, is to, to raise people's awareness that actually, you know what, even if life is really, really tough, you have the choice. You can well, I mean, that's, that's the point about our, our experiences that we <clears throat> we all have free will
3: and choice. <clears throat> Excuse me. But having free will and choice is a massive responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it would feel better if somebody else was just making the choices for us, but then you're not really anything other than a, a doll. Um Well, you have to You know, you would love to just chuck it over and have it happen. Um, the the act is in, in the doing it yourself. <clears throat> that that's that's
1: the growth. That's what's required of us when we land on this planet. Yeah, I think so. And I think as we move forward, I I you know my hope is that as we move out of all of the challenges of 2020 and the pandemic and um, the political unrest and all of the things that we can see going on around the world, is that each of us has the opportunity to make our choices little choices moment by moment that we can make a difference to uh, ourselves and our own lives and to the lives of others Mm. and it doesn't have to be on the macro scale you know those small um, thoughts emotions and actions on a moment by moment basis in terms of how we operate how we interact with one another with the environment can and do make an enormous difference and
3: and also obviously we're complex beings and we can hold two states of being in our in our hearts and minds at once it is possible to feel really depressed and and fed up about life but still to have some curiosity and I think sometimes we often forget that, that that's okay to, to be as potentially conflicted within ourselves as that We 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 buy the line that we should just have one one vision and just be heading towards it like a robot where in actual fact we we are much more chaotic and I think again, coming to an acceptance of your own internal chaos to to use a, a, a dramatic word, but you know it can feel like that sometimes, and certainly in my head <laughs> um then, then that itself is is a is a is a karma that in, in itself will help bring order and and sort things out and, and so on so you know higher self um Higher self has to involve lower self. You can't, you can't have it, one without the other. The higher you go, the deeper you go. The, you know, this is all about the balance in, in the universe. So, But gratitude, curiosity and wonder will always, uh, and love, those four things will always lead you to um,
1: some kind of evolved situation. I think very often we fear confusion. And I think it's out of the chaos and the confusion that often the biggest learnings come. And sometimes it's being courageous enough to sit with that confusion, that chaos, long enough to allow things to start to order themselves in a way that we can understand. And then you get that aha moment. Ah, oh, that's what it was about. That was the lesson. That's what I needed to, to take on board in order to be able to move forward. Yeah, And I think you're right, you know, that if you... If you recognize if within yourself that you are learning to to love to be curious to um, to hold yourself um, accountable but in a loving way, then you are well placed for this journey we call life. you are well placed to in uh, be able to increase your vibration to increase your capacity to love even more, to be exacting in your expression of love, that it's not indulgent. It is about expecting the best for you and the best from you. And in doing that, you're a model to other people. And I hope together that we are going to make um, a profound difference and we'll see more tolerance, more um, people working together you know, collaboration and togetherness and recognising the value of one another rather than hate and division uh, that we've seen so much evidence of. Yeah. So I'd like to invite you all to go and have a look at Rachel's books. Um, and they're on Amazon, The Point of Him, The Truth of Her. The um, Truth of Me and The Hope of Us, which um, by now I hope is going to be either um, published or very close to publishing. They're all available on Amazon um, and also on the website. Um, you'll find my books on Amazon. Please go to the websites genuinely-u.com and enlightenedleadership.co. If you're interested in leadership for life, leading yourself, leading others, then please go to enlightenedleadership.co. Uh, arrange a call, and I'll look forward to speaking to you. We'll see you in a fortnight. Please take care. Be loving to yourself and others. We'll see you then. Bye-bye now.